Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees, and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. Our team of JBD coaches support men and women to engage in divorce with more calm, clarity, and confidence through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Because if you can learn to love your children more than you loathe your ex, you will win the co-parenting game. I'm going to say it again. If you can learn to love your children more than you loathe your ex, you will win the co-parenting game. You could substitute loathe with disagree with, have differences of. It depends on the depth of how your relationship ended. It's all spectrum. It's fine. But really understanding that co-parenting is not about you and it is not about your co-parent. It is about the child or children. Embarking on the journey into the next chapter of your life after divorce is often met with a mixture of excitement and fear. Everything is affected. Transitioning home and career, managing your finances, parenting as a single mom or dad, and managing the emotions around step-parents in your children's lives. The world of online dating, reconnecting with who you want to be in this new chapter of life, and finding your passion, purpose, sensuality, sexuality, and so much more. Tune in as we speak to the experts in every area of post-divorce life and support you to enter and navigate it as an adventure with a growth mindset and a heart of possibility. In today's episode entitled, You Have the Power to Live Your Best Life, It's Time You Use It. We invite you to consciously choose how you want to be in your new life. Today's guest challenges you to notice the difference between your human experiences and reactions and your spiritual ones. She states unequivocally that we each have all the power, all the abundance, and all the worth we need, and it's a matter of believing and accessing it. We apply these truths to your co-parenting experiences, your financial challenges, and your fears and desires around love. So learn tangible practices to begin accessing and enjoying your power within today. Tracy Litt is a leading mindset teacher and spiritual advisor for female leaders and entrepreneurs, a rapid transformational hypnotherapist best-selling author, and TEDx speaker. Tracy's a powerhouse of energy. As you will hear, she is boldly direct while remaining playful, loving, and supportive. Tracy is the creator of Mind Magic and the Choice Method, a powerful methodology to elevate happiness, prosperity, and fulfillment one choice at a time. Her work has served thousands of women across the globe and has been featured in Entrepreneur, Fast Company, Thrive Global, Inc.com. And her book, Worthy Human, is a number one bestseller in spiritual growth and mindset. I am very excited to introduce and welcome Tracy Litt. Welcome, Tracy. Hi, I'm so excited to hang out. Tracy, this is going to be such a great conversation. Here we're talking to people who have been uh, on the battlefield of divorce. People, many, many of our listeners have been in relationship for one to many decades. And, And so there's this tension between the excitement of what's next and the fear of how to navigate it, if I can navigate it, it being a foreign land. 
And so today, what I'm hoping is that we can share some perspectives and tools with our listeners from you that can help them along that path. Absolutely. And I want to also share right off the bat, I am divorced. And I am remarried. So the perspectives that I share and the awesomeness that comes through this conversation is not one, um, you know, actually it is one of direct experience. I have been where you are. I uh, completely resonate. I can hold space for, and I get it. So I just want you to know that as you're listening to me talk, I have walked through those trenches uh, and I get it very well. Absolutely. Perfect. So let's start by... Talk to our listeners and explain a little bit about how you work, what it is that you do with your clients. Yeah. So I'm a mindset teacher and a spiritual advisor. And what in essence that allows me to do is help you to understand the depth and the breath and, and hear me and imagine in your mind as I'm explaining the depth, like I'm opening my hands, the depth, how deep it goes and the breath, how wide it is of your inner power and what it means to leave the victimhood and the abdication of power and the justifications and the rationalizations behind you and recognize that you are the problem and you are the solution. You are the cause of every effect and just like let that land as you hear me say it, right? So that's what I that's what I essentially I'm the girl you come to when you want to get out of your own way and actually get out of your own way. And I can imagine how many people would immediately go into a story of I'm not the problem. Well, let me tell you my story and let me oh, explain yeah. what that other person's role is. And so getting um I'm hoping that today's conversation uh, can really invite you, the listener, to put that aside, to get beneath or behind that and see all that is possible. Absolutely. And I think we can start right there. I mean, there there is a reason why the tagline of my book is you are the problem and you are the solution. My intention was to activate you a little, like, like wake up, wake up, because if you don't allow yourself to go, okay, fine, after you're done being angry with me for a hot minute, then you, you're you blocking yourself, you're actively putting yourself in your own way to acknowledge, okay, I am the problem, I am the solution, I am the obstacle, I am the answer, I am the pain, I am the heal, gives you all the power, right? And, and you already have the power. The question is, are you abdicating it through blame and accusation and walking around saying, oh, he made me feel, or my ex said this, and now I'm spinning down the rabbit hole. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We want to know the fastest way to actually leave your past in the past. Stop being so ignited by it. Stop being so attached to it. And you do that by being in your power. Beautiful. And, and that's what we're all about. So we want to dive into uh, what that means. And part of the conversation you and I had uh, off, off top before we spoke. Uh, that's a great point. Part of the conversation you and I had previously was about uh, the human experience and a human being versus spiritual being. And let's just touch on that a little bit. Yes. Yes. So you are a spiritual being having a human experience. I'm going to say it again, pay attention to your body. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. There is no gray. This is not up for debate. This is not about faith or religion. This is about science, right? We are energetic spiritual beings and the 3D, the tangible, the body that we function in is human. Are we together, are we together right there? Because it, it's one of those things that's like, hold on, what? But it's really, really important because when you learn how to play in both of those parts of you, that's when you're really, really accessing all of your power. That's when, as you said in the beginning uh, of our conversation, you know, it's when you are looking down the barrel of divorce or you're on the other side of divorce, the unknown is extraordinarily frightening and is one of the main things that will keep one paralyzed. 
And the only way to move through the unknown with grace and ease, and dare I say, excitement, is by accessing that higher self part of you that is your spiritual being. That know that that knowing that something even more amazing is on the other side of this. And it's your ability to trust in that. You can't do that in your humanness. There's too much fear. Yeah, that's so well put. That 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 um, faith, that trust that comes when you can't see what's around the bend, you don't, you don't know, nobody can tell you, and yet you know is what I'm hearing you say, that we know on some level. And one of the things I just want to talk about before we um, go forward is the noisy fear voice versus the very soft, quiet, knowing voice. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so fear is phenomenal. Uh, it does such a great job at its job, right? Fear's job is to keep you the same, which means fear's job is to keep you in the marriage of misery, even though you're miserable, right? Fear's job is to then use thought to get you to doubt yourself, to get you to attach to all of those. What if I leave? Or what if it's worse after I leave? Or what's going to happen with my kids? Or what if I'm not able to create financial stability for myself? And all of these, I call them like the what if down spiral, right? And they're never what if a positive thing. They're always what if a very negative thing. Of course, well, because our minds are wired to find the negative. The whole concept of fear was brought to us by our primitive brain, which was like, let's keep these cave people alive so they could procreate and we can have a society, right? Like, so when I say fear is phenomenal, I mean it. The worst thing you can do is be mad at your fear or want your fear to go away. Like we need the fear. The idea is, is that to be fully in your power is to recognize that you are actually more powerful than your fear. You are more powerful than your mind. You are more powerful than your body. You are more powerful than your thinking. You, you have all the power is not just a kitschy platitude. It is the fundamental truth. And you can either like stay asleep and spin out in your own shit perpetually, or you can go, okay, fine. I have the power. Now what do I do? So if we started putting some, some context, some vocabulary to this, if we have fear and, you know, I tend to think, you know, fear and ego on the one side and we have spirit on the other side like can you give us just some vocabulary for entering into this conversation uh yes let's look at it as our ego and our soul right so if we look at it as the ego because the ego is the human and the soul is the spirit right fear ego is human faith and trust and soul spirit that's really what it comes down to right your higher self the version of you who knows like they know like they know like they know the clarity right i'm sorry go ahead you go i was just gonna say you know so often we're talking to our clients and um 2020 hindsight I knew, but I didn't know that I knew, but now I remember that I knew. And it's almost that whole, it was there and either I, I, I didn't hear it, I didn't want to hear it, I didn't want to see it. So that, that piece of it. And then you have people um, who they're not quite there yet. And, and is there anything that you can say to someone who's sitting there and going, I, 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 I don't, I haven't experienced that connecting with that quiet voice. Like how do we help people whose um, ego voice has been so loud and chaotic to, um, to lower the volume so that what you're saying and what their intuition is guiding them to, they can actually begin to tune into Yeah. There's a few things coming up in me right now. And the first one is, and please like 
listen really closely. You are worthy and enough and whole and totally lovable and fully, fully deserving of nothing less than everything you have ever dreamt of. You have to start there because the only reason why you're staying is because somewhere inside, you don't believe you deserve a better love. You don't see that you deserve to have it all. There's a fear of feeling safe in having more. It's time to take a look at what your relationship with yourself looks like because you can't let more love in than you have for yourself. So what's going on in that relationship? Right. So before I can say, okay, let me guide you to how to connect to your higher self, let's just fundamentally realize like, if you are staying in a situation that is not healthy, not adding value to you, and I'm not talking about like roof over your head, okay, you are capable, you can figure it out. All right. I was unemployed with an eight month old daughter when I got divorced. Okay. You can figure it out. So first to realize like, wait a second, what am I tolerating here? What am I allowing? I'm sitting in this over and over again. It's because somewhere inside there's a wound that deserves to be healed that connects to your ability to look yourself in the eyes and go, uh -uh -uh. look at me. I'm amazing. I am whole. I am worthy. What am I doing? Something that connects you so deeply that you're like, uh, uh, I'm leaving yesterday. I'm signing divorce papers an hour ago, right? And I, I just want to, for those listening who are like, yeah, but yeah, but I did leave. One of the things that we often um, hear is that, well, you you went through the practical and legal steps of leaving, but that emotional. Uh, severing and, and standing independently. And as Tracy is saying, believing in yourself, believing in your worthiness and having that self-love, that may be uh, the piece that you really want to be tuning in today. If you're post-divorce and say, well, that's not me. It, it may be you. It may be you on that spirit level. Absolutely. And I think it's important to acknowledge that post-divorce is a grieving process. A loss is a loss is a loss. It can be a death. It can be a layoff. It can be a divorce. And to allow yourself the space to do exactly what you're saying, right? To connect with yourself, to fall in love with yourself, to take a look at what were the glorious lessons. I don't believe that post-divorce is about, okay, great, let's just move on, right? Like, let's put the blinders back on and full steam ahead. Like that defeats the whole purpose. And the universe is just gonna come teach you another same lesson in your next relationship. So do yourself a favor and spend some time with yourself, right? Like mm -hmm. I, was, I was single intentionally, well, Parts of me felt it was intentional. Other parts did it after my uh, divorce uh, for five years. And I was like, you know, buying myself flowers and doing my deeper inner work and you know, dating here and there. But my point was like, who am I really? Because what I reflected on in my post-divorce was, holy shit, Tracy, how many red flags did you choose to ignore? Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. How, how many round holes were you trying to squeeze into a square peg, no matter what? How many things did you refuse to see? Because I'll tell you, it was so crystal clear. My dad knew, my sisters knew, but I was just like glazed over. And you have to heal that. Absolutely. And grieving well is such a vital part of the post-divorce journey the divorce journey and the post-divorce journey. And much like you, Tracy, uh, I, I, would, I would say that um, the red flags were a little bit more like the 4th of July grand finale. And I was just like, what flags? What? It's so- I don't hear any fireworks, it's right? silent. <laughs> and, and that tendency to want to get back out there and society telling you or your girlfriends or your guy friends saying, you know, let's get you out there and meet somebody. 
the question, and this is what I'm hoping we, we dive into here, is like, who is it that's meeting somebody? And we spend so much time knowing and learning about the people and circumstances outside of us. And this is about truly knowing yourself. You t- I took a year, you took five years and just really understanding and, and not just understanding, but that, that vital piece you're describing, Tracy, which is um, loving yourself so that you would attract somebody who loves you. Absolutely. And, and equally as important, attracting someone who loves themselves. Beautifully put. And I don't know that I've actually heard someone say that. So that is equally the vital piece. It is because what happens when someone who is unhealed seeks love is it is your, it's called a trauma bond. It's like, okay, your shit matches my shit. So let's just hook up together and live out our perpetual wounds. (laughs) <laughs> and that's like, that's, that's not the point. And, and it's not like any of our, I, I don't, I want to say it's never anyone's fault. Nobody's broken. There's no fixing. It's really a function of like the society and how we were taught to be dependent and how, like, especially as women, you know, what are we really taught for? Like, imagine your wedding day and, you know, where's your husband, you know, and, and now at least we're like awake and progressive enough, you know, where's your partner, where's your wife? And then, you know, get a house and get a white fence. And you should have like two kids and then probably a dog. And then you've made it like what? (laughs) No. And, and how many people arrive at that point and say, okay, something's feeling very vacant. And so, you know, can you, uh, if if we're dealing with ego and, and fear and lack on that human dimension and, you know, spirit and soul and love on the spiritual dimension. Can we bring this into some tangible examples uh, for our listeners of of what your work does and how it um, impacts like real real life circumstances, like like co-parenting, for instance? Oh yes, what a great topic. Um, and it's a great topic because I really worked I like you guys, I worked on this. Okay. And I'll actually give it in this example, because this was the one that I, uh, focused on the most and, uh, it's, it's super tangible. So when, when you are a co-parent, I want to first validate how hard does it feel to have to co-parent, which means collaborate and be on the same team with the person that you chose to no longer love or be with, focused on the topic of the thing you love the most, which is your children. Can we just like, we we need to acknowledge that. I want to acknowledge all of you that are co-parents, like kudos to you, right? It is no small feat. Like, okay, so now I'm like divorcing this person because I am done with that. And now we have to interact and make major life choices about the thing that both of us are most obsessively in love with, which is our kids. (laughs) For a long, long time. For like, until we die. Okay. (laughs) No biggie, no biggie, right? Which is really where I want to invite you to live. Like, I want all of you to be in the spiritual being on this one. Okay, all of you, because the fear and the ego and the human and your experience of that person is going to come riding up and really skew everything, right? Because you've still got resentment and you've still got anger and you still feel like you got shafted in the marital settlement agreement and all of these things that are going on, right? So in order to show up as the most highly conscious co-parent. That's what I'm asking you to do because consciousness is spirituality. When you are highly conscious, you are spiritual. You are woke, awakened, awake, call it whatever you want. So in that moment, say, okay. And here's the example. Your phone rings or you get a text and it's your co-parent. And right away you grab your phone and your body, your visceral response is like, like, like the agitation, the tension, your neck is now up into your ears, right? And you're just like, Ugh, what's it going to 
it's not gonna be able to pick up the kids this time or whatever. The stories start to rattle, right? Before you've even engaged in what the reach out was based on, you are spinning out, totally agitated and in a stress response, okay? Good That's, description. Right? Oh, I know it well. <laughs> <laughs> I know it so well. That's all human. That's all fear. That's all ego, okay? So in that exact moment while you are still holding that phone, either if it's a call, let it go to voicemail because it is incumbent upon you to interrupt your system, drop into your body so you can go high into your conscious spiritual self before you dare interact with that reach out. And I'm going to teach you how to do that, but are you tracking with me so far? Yeah, no, this sounds perfect. Okay. And if it's a text, you don't read it yet. But your ego is like, oh, what would they say? <laughs> because you want the, the power struggle. It's right there. It's right there. Don't do it. Don't do it. Why? Because if you can learn to love your children more than you loathe your ex, you will win the co-parenting game. I'm going to say it again. If you can learn to love your children more than you loathe your ex, you will win the co-parenting game. And you could substitute loathe with disagree with, have differences of. It depends on the depth of how your relationship ended. It's all spectrum. It's fine. But really understanding that co-parenting is not about you and it is not about your co-parent. It is about the child or children. So walk us through that. So I, I love that first part because you're, you're, you're um, creating a pause and some space to to kind of recalibrate and to center, to access your logical mind, to access your consciousness and your wisdom. What, so then, so then walk us through a scenario and teach us something. Here. So you're in that same scenario, right? You're holding the phone. Like I'm going to play by play. You take the phone, you put the phone down. Okay. You take your hand and you put it on your heart. When you touch yourself, you release the same feel good chemicals of somebody else touching you. It also reminds your system that you're safe, right? How good does that feel? It's just like, ooh, okay. So right now, as you're listening to us, put your hand on your heart. Mm -hmm. Take your other hand and put it on your belly. So you kind of almost feel like you're holding yourself. And then you close your eyes, no matter where you are, even if your children are staring at you. And you take a deep breath in through your nose, breathing into your belly, and you hold that breath for a few seconds. And then you exhale that breath through your nose. And you do that kind of in and out of your nose breathing for a few deep breaths. Nice and slow. Because nothing is more important in this moment than interrupting your nervous system and dropping you into a parasympathetic state, which means you are chill, you are centered, you can make a new conscious choice now. Well, that felt really good. So glad it yeah. works every time. And then you make the new conscious choice. So what choice is it? Well, what is the next level version of you? The person that you're becoming through the course of leveraging the lessons in this post-divorce journey, in this co-parenting journey, the version of you who trusts, the version of you who loves themselves unconditionally, the version of you that puts your children first, the version of you that was whole this entire time, the version of you who has zero desire to give your energy away to triggers. That next level version of you gets to make that conscious choice. And then perhaps the conscious choice is, okay, no big deal. I'm just going to open the text and, okay, whatever. And if it's a fight, I'm just going to not be available. I'm just going to delete the text and move on. If it's a request for, uh, if it's a phone call, it's like, hey, I'm sorry. I have a business trip. I wasn't expecting it. Can you please switch the kids? I know it's supposed to be my time. Great. No big deal. Not a problem. I'll work it out. Because who needs to be right? Being right makes you miserable. Being right makes you egoic. It drops you right back in your humanness. So that's what we do. We notice that was the example of the visceral response on the phone. We pause because no one's making a good choice in the jacked up version of yourself. 
nobody. That's your stress state, right? You, you actually are unable to access your ability to make a higher level, higher self conscious choice when you are in a stress response, okay? So then you put it down, hand on heart, deep breaths into your belly, in and out through your nose. Now you're chill, you're like, hmm. And then you basically ask the core quest, the core question in my work, because I focus on working with female leaders and entrepreneurs is, what would she do? But you can ask the iterative of that question, what would he do, what would they do? And that version of you, the what would she do is, the woman I'm becoming woman I'm growing into and when she leads everybody wins we have a special gift for you Whether you're still emotionally entangled with your ex or not, imagining and creating your life after divorce can feel surreal for some, terrifying for others. Fears and limiting beliefs around financial security, building new friendships, health and fitness, and even finding healthy love can interfere with your ability to create the life you desire. Journey Beyond Divorce coaches can help you get clear on what you want and the obstacles that are keeping you stuck and guide you in manifesting your ideal life. We're here to help you enter this new chapter with more confidence and enthusiasm with a free jumpstart call. Visit journeybeyonddivorce.com backslash jumpstart to book your call today. So, you know, as I'm listening to you, um, and this is, I'm sure, uh, a work in progress. So someone gets to that point and then they pick up the phone or they listen to the voicemail and their ego goes, well, he's not going to treat me like a doormat again or wherever the conversation goes in your head. Um, is, Is that practice something to just keep doing keep doing over and over and and if your answer to like what would my higher what would she do what, what would he do what would my higher self do if your answer is I don't know what do you suggest what what would be your follow-up um if a, if a listener is going I'm not there yet I don't know you need to breathe deeper and longer because that's an indication that your system's still aroused. Mm-hmm. When you're dropped into a parasympathetic state, it feels like you just walked out of a spa day. And you know how untouchable you are. You don't care, right? It's also the ability to like flash forward, right? I'll, let's just play this game. I'm going to click my fingers for a second. And you're on your last day on earth. You're at the end of your life right now. You really give a shit whether or not they can switch weekends? Like, really? No, you're not laying on your deathbed going, God, I wish I would have just had that three more power struggles. That would have really been my good choice. <laughs> right? So, so go there with yourself then if you need to, right? So if you feel like you don't know or you feel like you're still like just super um, activated, that's a great word, super yep. activated still then again, do nothing, right? It's like the famous uh, 24-hour email rule that we've all been taught over time if you've ever worked anywhere. And it's like, just if you get upset by an email, don't respond for 24 hours, right? It's beautifully okay to have that boundary too. You don't need to be so accessible and so immediate. Make sure that your priority is bringing yourself to a place of centered calmness so that you can make the choices. And this is really juicy too that allow you as it makes me emotional because I remember what this felt like the kind of choices where your ego loses but when you go to sleep at night you're like really proud of who you were you know well said yeah and and I I think that it's so important um as you're listening to 
get to know, pay attention to that ego voice because it, it is the voice that's always gonna kind of put its dukes up, that's gonna, you know, engage in conflict, that's uh, going to protect you rather than promote your love for the children. Like that's, our ego is not our friend. <laughs> Yeah, the, our, our spirit, our intuitive voice, that's, that's, that's that beautiful part of us. The ego's, um, the ego's uh, got an agenda. Someone, I had asked one, uh, some spiritual leader, the difference, like, how do I tell the difference between my fear voice and my intuitive voice? And he said, your fear voice or your ego voice always has an agenda. Mm -hmm. intuitive voice your spirit voice doesn't um and i thought that was really powerful fully agree with that i describe it similarly with the addition of your intuitive voice is actually non-emotional your intuitive voice is just like yeah like it's like this centered peaceful like mm -hmm. there's no activation there's no insecurity, there's no power struggle to it, there's no righteousness associated with it. Because for me, I know in my post-divorce, righteousness was the way my ego would show up a lot, you know? So you can also, to your point, like identify, observe yourself, like, ooh, isn't it interesting that my ego just tried to get me to do that? And that's a fun way to play with it too, actually, as we're speaking it out loud. Start to disconnect yourself from it a little bit, right? By being like, oh, my ego, wants me to pick up the phone and text that, 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 I'm not going to do that because I'm a highly conscious woman. I'm a highly conscious man. And I'm just not going to do that. And then you start to really um, start to feed off in a good way, how great it feels to go high. Mm. That's how I teach it to my clients. Go high, just go high, go mm -hmm. high. You're never going to lose if you go high. You know, I, I just want to share that um, while I'm many, many years post-divorce, I'm in a situation where I'm living with my mom and helping to take care of her. And we're a little bit hardwired into our mothers. And, uh, and so all of a sudden I start seeing my ego and my defensiveness. And of course, she just she's at the point where she's not saying things purposely. There's just like, as you get older, you lose the filter again, like a five-year-old and it's, it can sting. And, uh, and so I, I decided that every time I felt myself get triggered, I would say, it's not about her, it's about you. And it, it just to, just for me to just go, well, wait a second, that's my ego and just like kind of like have that hard stop and be able to get back into my soft heart and, and be there to love my mom and so um you know we're all a work in progress and and Tracy and me and anyone else you hear on this show where we're, we're sharing what we've learned and we're all still learning a lot yes 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 we are and you know, especially in the setting where you're back home with your mom, you know, it's ego and it's also your little girl. It's conditioning. It's dynamic of your relationship. It's, it's all the good stuff when we're grown, when we're grown people going back with those who raised us yes. really, you know, and, and actually this is, this is good uh, in general, everything that we experience as a human every circumstance, every situation, every moment that comes toward us is an opportunity to work our spiritual journey. Yes. Yeah, it's an opportunity to show that growth. It's an opportunity to be like, hmm, I'm going to respond to this instead of react. What would that feel like? And when you enter a, a new chapter or a new situation, I, I like to term it, um, I see myself heading into another growth spurt. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's not because Here my comes. longer and I need new pants. It's a totally different kind of growth. <laughs> another spiritual growth spurt. Um, okay, so I love this. So one example you gave was co-parenting. Another, you know, big, uh, juicy topic that our fear and ego loves is finances. How, how can we kind of apply this to maybe a finance example? So 
it's all about your belief system on money, really, right? And, and how much you trust money and how much you trust in the truth of your abundance. So the fear and the ego is going to uh, only look at your past financial experiences and your current financial experience. And it's going to try to get you to think like, this is all the money I'll ever have. I can't make any more money. And again, the fear... You live in the feeling of what you think. So if you're feeling financially nervous, it's because you are thinking thoughts that are that, that are financially nervous, right? It means you've completely dropped out of belief in yourself, betting on yourself, and the ability to understand money at its core, right? Which money is truly energy. Money is energetic exchange. Money is green paper. You can make as much of it as you want. Abundance is everywhere, right? Like that's like the truth of it. And it's a function of really taking a look at your money beliefs and how you act with money and allowing yourself to trust that money loves you. There's more than enough of it to go around because that's what's real. Like there is, there's just so much money everywhere. And when you open up to that and you spend more time in the trust of money, more money flows to you. When you are nervous about money, you're blocking the flow of money. So looking at, um, I mean, I can remember the things my mom said, right? So all this blueprinting of money doesn't grow on trees and it's hard to come by and, you know, we don't, we don't have that. We can't afford, we can't afford that. Like all these statements that um, one might grow up with and, um, and it's blueprinted, right? In that subconscious. And it's like, well, I don't believe that. Well, you know what? Your subconscious believes that. You know, because when your thoughts start up, when something happens, that's the first thing that starts coming up of those stories. And to your point, the, the feelings follow the thoughts and the thoughts are um, the thoughts are rooted in those blueprinted beliefs. And it's such an amazing thing, this work that we do, Tracy, because when we invite people to uh, notice beliefs that they've been walking around with for decades that aren't theirs they might be their parents and grandparents that whole breaking generational chains piece yes. and and then you have an opportunity you the listener as you're entering in this new chapter of life and especially if you have children to shine a light to to uproot the uproot the the weeds of thought that don't serve you and then, of course, to pay it forward to your children from this beautiful higher conscience level. I mean, I look at my two young adult children and I think they are so far ahead in their early 20s of where I was in my early 40s. And it has to do with um, me doing that work and then paying it forward to them. And so I think that and I always say this, if you're a listener, you've heard me. It's like the amazing thing of not only enhancing and improving our lives, but then paying it forward to our children and therefore our grandchildren, et cetera, is um, such a gift. It is. It is. And it happens naturally in terms of the paying it forward part. It becomes a natural byproduct of you doing the inner work, right? Healing, growth, and expansion, defining the inner work. Your children naturally observe what you're modeling, who you're being, the energy you're emitting. They watch how you spend the money or right, how you're grateful for the money, how you pay for the person in Starbucks behind you without a second thought. They're watching how you interact with money. You don't have to do anything to pay it forward. It's all in who you be. Just as your parents didn't have to do anything to... They didn't whisper in your ear at night. Money doesn't grow on trees. Money doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> but but it's they it's were drying you... they were drying the wet paper towels on a clothesline. <laughs> Very good. Like the visual. Um, I think we have time for one more. So you know, in, when we start talking about post divorce, it's like co-parenting, money, and then. Um, the story I hear more than any other story, no matter how young or old the client is, which is I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. I'll never find love again. There are no good men out there. There are no good women out there. So let's just take this same thing and and um, 
bring it to the the topic of love. Mm. Well, your words matter. You're grossly underestimating the power of the words that you speak. And if you keep asking for what you don't want, you're going to keep getting what you don't want. So when you make those kind of proclamations, you are calling forth exactly what you don't want. Stop it. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, really, we have to realize that. It's like, wait a second. Because in the spirit of, you know, thought and, and the way thought thought create, you know, change your thoughts, change your life, thoughts create reality, 1000% completely non, non-debatably accurate. Well, there are no good men out there. And then so it is, right? I mean, we all, we were all at somewhere along our childhoods raised with a little engine. It could, why could it? Because it think it can, it think it can, it think it can, it think it can. It, it's real. It's real. So the part of you also that has some skepticism has an opportunity to be worked on, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'll go back to it's safe to be loved. It's safe to be seen. It's safe to be heard. You, you are lovable. You are worthy. You are amazing. There is someone ideal out there for you. And for you to be available to that person, you have to be a match. And what it means to be a match is to be energetically open. It's to be having that faith and that, that higher self knowing, right? One of the best things that you can embed in yourself is everything's happening for my highest good. Like everything always works out for me. Like I, I believe, like I believe that to the fiber of my being. Everything I touch turns to gold. I believe, I believe that through and through. I didn't always believe that. But the fun thing about belief is that you can change anything you believe. You can literally completely reprogram your subconscious mind into a totally different set of beliefs that support what you say you want. So there's so many beautiful people out there. I'm so excited that my next partner is on their way to me. And while they're on their way, I'm going to focus on being in love with myself. And then you let that go and you just take care of yourself and you love yourself and you do whatever therapies feel good to you and you stay high level. And then all of a sudden you like bump into that other person and it's like, oh, okay. There you are. (laughs) Exactly. Like I used to say all the time before I met my husband, now we'll be married 11 years in January. He came to the marriage with two kids. I came with one. He said, um, I used to say, oh yeah, well, I'm still single because my future husband isn't divorced yet. And I was spot on, spot on. And then like right around the timing and I, we met online on J date and uh, I went back on because a friend of mine got divorced and he was like, I don't want to do it alone. Can I put your old profile back up? I'm like, yeah, fine. I'm like, not even, I'm good. And then there he was. And and I, I want to just speak to, you know, we, we have a lot of people who, um, who listen, who are coming out of very high conflict situations. And for those of us who ended up in high conflict situations, we didn't lick it off the grass. We came from high conflict situations. And so there's a lot of trauma and there's a lot of wounds. And and so for those of you who feel uncomfortable being by yourself, who uh, might be sitting there and saying, "I, I, I I don't get this. I'm lonely. You want me to sit in a room and love myself. The more trauma and the more um, wounds that we have from our childhood, uh, the more time we need to uh, gift ourselves to honor the, the healing process and the grieving process. And I think, Tracy, that that taps so much into knowing that you're a spiritual being and knowing that you you not only can be completely healed of the trauma, uh, but in some ways you already are, you just haven't gotten there yet. And, and that, that drawing to it. And so if you're listening and you're struggling with this or struggling with the concept of spending time alone, you know, the reason, and you've heard me say this before, the reason the divorce rate for second and third marriages is even higher than first marriages is because people always think they're divorcing the problem and they go out, they meet the same man or woman in a different body, they rinse and repeat. About seven years later, they go, why does this keep happening to me? And for those of you who do the work that Tracy's talking about and give yourself the time and space and love, to reconnect with who you are, uh, there's just, there's brilliance ahead for you. 
Absolutely. And it's so beautifully said. It's like trying to move to another state and you're like, oh, I came with myself. I didn't actually move away from anything, right? Um, it's, it, it's spot on. And, and that is part of the spiritual being component of it because there's a lot of peace and solace and confirmation of your belonging when you're like, wait a minute, I am guided. I am supported. The universe is my safety net. Like I'm all good here. I'm all good here. And I can either abdicate my power and continue right to be powerless and, and just sit in my shit and, and continue to affirm it and then commiserate with other people who are sitting in theirs and be in the same position two years from now, which I hope you're really kind of laughing as I'm saying this because enough is enough. Nobody is going to come and pull you out of the quicksand. You have to do that for yourself. Or at least, at least at a minimum, make a conscious choice to say, I don't want to yet. And then sit there with power, sit there with consciousness, right? And then the other thing I want to underscore is there's a big difference between being alone and being lonely. Big difference. They are not the same thing. To be alone and to enjoy and learn, because it is something some of us have to learn. I didn't always enjoy sitting at a restaurant eating dinner by myself. But I knew in my mind, I was like, that's something that she would do. Like, that's something that the woman I'm becoming would do. She would really happily sit with either a book or nothing and just sit at a restaurant and eat. And I worked toward it. And I was like, I love hanging out with myself. If I, like, if I was a me, I'd want to hang out with me too. I'm having a blast over here. And then all of a sudden your energy changes and that attracts what we said before, that same type of person who loves themselves. You want to be with someone who is independent and whole as you are independent and whole so that you can create something really magical together rather than a zipper style interdependence, uh, codependency, you know? Shel Silver, Silverstein wrote the book, um, uh, The Missing Piece and the big O meets the missing piece. And the entire children's story is actually, if you haven't go to YouTube and look it up, it's a story of, adults and how they love. Um, and uh, the big O is a healthy person who has no missing piece. And then there's the missing piece who's looking for the slice, the, the pizza pie with the missing slice so that it could insert itself. And it's absolutely, when you look at it from this perspective, it's brilliant. And it's exactly oh. what you talked about. And we really all want to be big O's that find another big O to roll next to and enjoy life with. And so- yeah. Yeah, check that out. Oh, I love that. I love you just gave me such a gorgeous childhood memory because I forget the book of the different uh, like poems and stories, the Shel Silverstein book. I can remember it was a white outside with a shiny cover with black art on the top of it. And my mom used to read that to us all the time. I'm yeah. going to look that up. Thank yeah. you. That was awesome. Absolutely. So as we wrap up, we, you know, I would love in the beginning, you gave us that very practical, how to slow things down and, and get back in our body. Can, uh, would you leave our listeners with one or two other practical applications for all that we talked about? Definitely. Let's, let me give you one really uh, succinct, powerful one here about your thinking, because we all live in the feeling of what we think, right? So how wonderful is it to actually use neuroplasticity in a powerful, practical way? So the best thing you can do, grab any piece of paper, okay? I have done this, I teach this, I call it the side-by-side. -side. I have done this on the back of a receipt and car line, picking up my kids, dealing with mine stuff. I've done it in the back of a bar napkin if I needed to do a quick shift. <laughs> any piece of paper and any writing utensil and you draw a vertical line down the middle of the page. And on the top left, you write, my mind says. And on the top right, you write, but she says, or he says, or they say, right? That next level version of you. And you take a moment and you throw up all the low level shit on the left side. My mind says, what if I never meet anybody? My mind says, what if I'm alone forever? My mind says, what if this is, the, the, that was the wrong choice? My mind says, what if, what if, what if, blah, blah, blah. get it out. The most important starting point for changing your thoughts is the ability to get out of your head what you're spinning out in, right? So now you have fully like emptied all of the disempowering stuff onto the left side of the page. Okay, great. And you get to stop and you look at it like, oh, that's so interesting. Look at what my mind says. Your mind is feeding you thoughts from fear, ego, and past experience. Always. 
Mm. And you go, hmm, well, I know because I listened to that fabulous podcast conversation. I live in the feeling of what I think and I get to choose my thoughts. So let me pause. What would the next level version of me say? You go to the right side of the page and this is where you think intentionally. You must get beyond yourself. Don't say, well, I don't know, I'm not sure. Yes, you do. Allow yourself to get beyond yourself, right? And then you say, oh, but she says, I'm amazing. She says, everything happens for my highest good. She says, everything works out for me. She says, this is incredible. She says, I'm totally enough. Boom, just like that, you have actually lifted and elevated the way that you're thinking. That is something that I want you to do. Sometimes there's been times in my, whether it's personal or professional rising, that I've done that six, seven times a day if I need to. Yeah, I think that sounds really powerful. And uh, and I love the empty. You have to empty out first, right? So that whole just, just vomit all that negative stuff so that you have space to hear and believe that higher self. Yes, and when you uh, look at the page, right, or the napkin or whatever, and you look at the two different sides, what you're actually observing is your humanness and your spirituality. Mm. Mine says, oh, whoa, yuck, gross. Eh, my old programming, all the old stuff, right? And then you look at the right side, but she says like, oh, she's just light and trusting and full of love. And this is fabulous. And it changes the trajectory of everything because the way you feel dictates how you show up. Perfect. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. And those things together, actually, the breathing practical application and the side-by-side thought practical application will single-handedly change everything for you if you choose to do them. Yeah. And I think that that's such an important point that, um, you know, there's a reason that those of us who work in the coaching world really encourage baby steps because a few tweaks and changes and it's like if you're a rocket ship all of a sudden you're not going to Mars you're going someplace else it changes your trajectory and it's immensely powerful it is it truly is you have all the power that's what it all comes down to the question is will you use it or not and we are inviting you to um Notice your power, tap into it, practice these, these tips that Tracy's sharing and, and watch and see. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I have watched client after client, and I will tell you confidently, uh, and through proven, proven framework, the work I'm giving you works 100% of the time, and it has a 0% fail rate when it's worked. And so all you have to do is work, and then it didn't sound all that different. It's really not. I mean, listen, we can have a different podcast conversation about the art of change, but ultimately it's really not. It's just recognizing that when you are in your power, you are making choices to align with where you want to be instead of continuously being powerless and affirming and justifying who you've been. Tracy, this is brilliant. This is wonderful. Tell our listeners how they can find you and everything Tracy's about to say, you'll find in our show notes, but listen <laughs> up and then and then go and read if she talks too fast. Go ahead, Tracy. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you'll find me at The Lit Factor. So it's L-I-T-T, it's lit with two T's. So it's The Lit Factor. Dot com And that's the website. It's got every resource on there. Uh, I want to invite you to check out Worthy Human, my book, which actually explains the side by side. And there's a whole chapter choice on thought that's ex- very expansive. Um, and that's called Worthy Human because you're the problem and the solution. And my TEDx on fear is called Dear Fear. It's not you, it's me. All of that is on the Lit Factor website, uh, amongst other like resources and blog posts and freebies and like playground of resources for you (laughs) that's great wonderful tracy thank you so much for sharing your time and your wisdom and your energy and your humor this has been absolutely delightful thank you so much thank you so much it's been my honor thanks for having me and you stay tuned we will be back again real soon with another episode of life after divorce talk to you soon Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. 
If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.